Okay, hi. Um, it's Tuesday now. Yeah, it's Tuesday. Tuesday, perfect. And now we can finally make it until in the in between um, hot toddies and uh, airport. <laughs> um, thanks so much for having time to chat with me. Um, I always wanting to chat with me, <laughs> and I always start this with like the cliche of like, do you want to tell me a little bit by, like about yourself? But like as you don't like we're now in New York City, but you don't also you don't come from here, so you have moved from somewhere else. Um, so tell me a little bit of the backstory, how you ended up here. Okay, I can do that. Um, I'm from Paris originally, so I apologize for the French accent. <laughs> I, I went to university in London and then I lived in Berlin for five years, which is where we briefly met a few years ago. And, and then I moved to New York six years ago. And I moved here to start this French school with my cousin. And yeah, it's called Cuckoo. So you've lived in London, you lived in Berlin and you lived here. Yeah. So when did you leave at home again? So yeah, I left home when I was 17, which in retrospect seems really incredibly young. Like I was a very naive baby, basically. But I don't know, I just had this urge to move away. Like Paris was great, but I felt kind of constrained there. And I, I really wanted to speak English. So I really wanted to move to an English-speaking country. And yeah, I don't know. It just happened that way, I guess. Yeah. So you moved to London to be in, like, in an English-speaking country, but then why Berlin? What was that detour? Berlin was because basically right after the BAC, which is the French exam that you take at the end of high school, which is like kind of a big deal, so right after that exam, with my group of best friends, we went for a one-week vacation in Berlin, and we absolutely loved it, and we were all like... We all knew already what we were doing, like in the coming years for our studies or whatever but we're like oh in three years let's all move to Berlin together and somehow we did it like I had I had graduated from university and then a couple of them were doing like asked to do their Erasmus year in Berlin anyway so we all moved there like the four of us to Berlin three years later and, and then I was only supposed to stay one year but I ended up staying for five <laughs> As it happens, I feel like in Berlin. Yeah. yeah, kind of. I went for four weeks and I ended up <laughs> okay. staying for eight and a half years. So <laughs> I, I feel you. Yeah, there you go. Um, after you um, lived in like Berlin for such a like um, such a time, um, how did the New York thing come across? Like, did you decide that you want to come here? Or um, so the way it happened is I had just quit my job in Berlin. Which I was working in the music industry with like. I guess a really fun job, but really intense, and I didn't really, really get on too well with my boss. I don't. I just wanted to do something else for a while, so I quit my job in Berlin and went traveling with those same friends that I moved to Berlin with. Actually, they were doing a road trip around the U.S. at the time, but I just met up with them on the West Coast, like mostly California, but we went up also to the west coast of Canada for a while and stuff so was traveling on the west coast for three months and I met with my cousin who was already living in New York at the time yeah we met up in I guess San Francisco and she was already teaching French in New York at the time at a different school and she, but she didn't really like the direction that the school was taking so she was like oh, like I really want to start my own school in New York do you want to do it with me and I don't know it just, just it really came at the right time for me because I 
I had just quit my job and I, I was kind of ready to move on from, from Berlin at the time, to be honest. So I was kind of looking for the next thing to do and I don't know, it sounded like a fun plan and I had already spent like, I had already done a three month internship in New York a few years before. So I already knew that I really liked New York and that was somewhere where I could see myself living for a while and stuff. So I was like, yeah, sure, let's, let's do it. <laughs> and, I, and yeah, that's how it happened. Yeah. But you just had no, basically, like, no information, no background in running any kind of language school, and no. you just jumped into it. <laughs> I guess not. I, I really, I always, so I studied literature at university, and I always really liked languages, so it wasn't, like, so far-fetched for me. It might seem really far-fetched, but, like, it kind of made sense for me in terms of my background and, like, interests. But I had definitely never taught before, and... I had even considered teaching before. I never thought it was something that would be for me. And then as soon as I started doing it, I really loved it. I really found like kind of like a calling. And now I, I love teaching, I'm obsessed with it. I will say this though, teaching adults. Teaching kids would be a completely different thing that I don't think I'm cut out for. It's really two different jobs. But teaching adults, I love because they're here. They, they choose to be there, they pay for it, it's like 100% their decision, they want to learn from you, and it's like, it's just really satisfying, yeah. But did you never have like a point when you did this process of being like, what the hell am I doing? It's, my cousin and I ask each other that all the time, we're like, how, how did we do this? But we were, the fact that we were doing it together, like, took a lot of the stress out of it. Like, I definitely could never have done it on my own. And I don't know. For some reason, I think neither one of us is really anxious by nature. We're pretty like chilled and stuff. And like, I don't know, everyone that we talked to about the project was like, oh, it seems like a great idea. Everyone was really supportive. So at no point were we like, oh, this is a bad idea. We should like stop. I don't know. So it's, it, it felt easy. The only difficult thing really was dealing with US immigration, but then you just deal with it it's just paperwork and you just get a lawyer to do it for you and and it's fine <laughs> in the end but that was really the main thing that was actually difficult in the whole process that may seem weird but really it's the case like yeah but have you like with all the other moves it seems very spontaneous too like I mean like Berlin like do you think that's something that's very intrinsic of you yes so definitely when I was younger now I don't think I could do it again and honestly, like, honestly, the move, like, the move to New York was harder than the move to London and Berlin socially, because I was further away from home and I was older. So I, we talked about this. Like, I, it felt like I had to, I, I, I couldn't be bothered to start over in terms of like making new friends because I already had friends at that point. <laughs> so that part was like a little bit more difficult, but through creating the school and everything we just met so many people that actually it was okay and it happened kind of organically but before moving I was like oh that part I can't really be bothered about no, or like I'm, I'm not looking forward to having to do but then it turned out okay because there's just so many people here that are really interesting and cool and you just end up finding your crowd and everything but yeah but it the I definitely moving abroad is addictive I think a lot of 
expats can testify to that. It almost feels like once you've done it, you almost can't go back. Like moving home would almost seem like a failure. I'm not ruling it out. I might still move back to Paris someday, and I'm sure it will be great. But like, definitely the feeling of being of, of when I go home to Paris, I feel so similar to everyone else, and that bores me. You know, I feel so unspecial. Whereas when I'm abroad, I feel a bit more special, and that's like a nice feeling. I'm sure you can relate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. It's yeah. also like I can totally relate to the fact that like it does feel somewhat... The idea of moving back home would feel somewhat of a yeah. failure. So that you didn't make it, that you couldn't... like Even if it logically that makes no sense. I told, it's exactly... That's exactly right. It would feel like a failure, even though it definitely would not have to be. Maybe you would be moving home for a great reason or to do something really cool. Or, but for some reason, it would feel like a step backward rather than forward. But like all of your moves it basically feels like you've done them for life experiences. Like have you ever thought about like in terms of work or I hate the word career and I keep on saying that I hate it because I really, really do despise <laughs> it. But like did you ever think about moving or like making choices because of where you want to go at work? Well, I think that's what happened with New York for sure. It really was because of this opportunity of starting this company. I don't think I would have thought of moving to New York otherwise, you know, just like for, with no specific plan, just like, oh, I'm going to move to New York and see what happens. I don't think I would have done that at that stage in my life, maybe when I was younger, but not then. But, but yeah, so it was really for the company with a specific project in mind, which ended up working out really well and then still here six years later it wasn't necessarily gonna happen that way but it did luckily <laughs> but yeah I, I think with definitely with the US specifically I don't think I would have done it with no specific project in mind it's easier in Europe because you don't need any specific like paperwork no but I mean more as in like it wasn't a systematic approach to it it was like no. an opportunity that came to you yes. and you went for it it wasn't that oh I need to move to New York which is good for my career or I need to do this and this totally. and this or Berlin or London which are like all huge cities which a lot of people that have your experience I mean like of living in these city cities they, they do that systematic career right. purposes okay I know what you mean now yes no it wasn't like that it was definitely following opportunities and But it's true that big, but that. I'm from a big city, and I've only ever lived in even bigger cities than the big city I'm from, and to the point where it's like that's another thing where it's almost like moving to a smaller city would feel like a defeat, like moving home. But I, I, I do fantasize about it sometimes, just because I've never done it. Like ah, oh, living in the country or oh, living in a small town, and like, having this like wholesome life, like riding my bike to the farmer's market or whatever the hell people do in small towns, I don't know. But it's not really me or at least I've never done it, so I don't really know. Maybe later in life when the things that attract people to big cities are less important to me, maybe I'll do it. But yeah, it hasn't happened so far. <laughs> No, but I love the fact that like everybody that lives in a big city thinks that like <laughs> being in a small city is like wholesome. Like yeah. the wholesome, the word is like I'm gonna be healthy. <laughs> yeah, you know, just like better air quality and just more outdoorsy stuff, and like going hiking on the weekend. Exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I mean, okay, that is one thing. If I did move to the country or to a smaller city, I would want to live somewhere where the nature is amazing and beautiful. Like, otherwise, what's the point? From from my perspective, like, if at least the environment around me was like breathtakingly beautiful, it would like make up for the other things that I'm giving up on. You know, it would be something that a big city does not have for sure. Yeah. So basically, uh, taking that uh, future romantic, uh, wholesome, healthy, wonderful life ahead, like uh, beside. You said before that, like what you do now, like you found a calling of like of what you somehow ended up doing. Like, can you just describe that? What are the aspects that like what you do make it as a calling? Okay, so I don't know if it's teaching in general or the specific experience that we we've managed to create at Cuckoo, but. Yeah, it, it, it's probably a little bit of both, but like those things we didn't anticipate, like the social aspect of it, like people who come for class because they want to learn French, but then they end up saying, staying more for the social experience because they like their classmates and they meet other really cool people. And like, just, we as teachers and as the owners of the school are like, yeah, just surprised every day, like how interesting the people who sign up for our classes are. It's just, I think it's also New York draws in, you know, the most successful people from all of their respective fields or whatever. But like, it really feels that way. It's just like incredibly interesting, successful, like cultural people. It's very varied, very mixed. And from the more, most speci more specific standpoint of teaching, yeah, I, it's not something I anticipated at all either. But just the satis just the satisfaction of like. First of all, someone looking up to you because you know something that they don't. It, that's a great feeling that I'm sure most people would enjoy, if I'm being honest. And like, yeah, just like seeing a glimmer of like understanding in your student's eye, that's like the most rewarding thing. Like you explain something to them and then it clicks, they get it. And that's just such a, you know, you have such a very direct influence on someone's life. I don't know, yeah, it's one of the... Yeah, I think it's one of the best things you can do. Like, and there's so many industries where there's like, I don't know. Obviously, I don't want to like bitch about other industries, but like where there's like a dark side to it, or you're trying to to sell something to people that maybe isn't 100% like good for them. I do think what we are selling people is 100% good for them, like on so many levels. Like you're giving someone like a very practical skill but it's also like a really good like learning a new language is a very good thing for your brain like it's almost like a brain workout there's the social experience that I mentioned before like yeah I, I, there's no downside to it and also as a business owner what I really really like in what we do is that nothing bad can happen so nothing there's never a situation that is really stressful because The worst thing that I have to deal with is like, oh, a teacher is like late to teach their class, so I have to let the students know. Like, no one dies, no one, no huge amount of money is wasted. Like, nothing really bad can happen, and that for me as a business owner is extremely makes my life extremely stress-free and easy, and I love it. You know. But is that something that you thought about before in your work, or it just came like for this experience? Again, like if, that's another thing. I, I would never anticipated that I would, that I would be teaching, but I also would have never anticipated that I would be running a business. Like 
I, I never thought this was I was this kind of person that makes sense like I I was happy when I was younger like doing a job where I was doing what someone else was telling me to do but then that got old quickly and I really enjoy being my own boss but like I didn't think this was I didn't think I had this drive or this ambition like I discovered something in me you know that I didn't know I had and it feels great and what was your original question I totally got left no but about the, the thing that there's no negative consequences that's right. something that you thought about before oh, or a little bit we knew going into it that this was kind of like an easy quote-unquote type of business definitely like you know financially if that makes sense because it's not like you know when you open a restaurant you have to like front all this cost you have to buy all this really expensive equipment you have to have inventory food that like goes bad like we don't have any of that we get paid for the service we provide in advance 100% of the time we never have to chase anyone for payment or very rarely and the only cost is like rent for a location okay in New York that's a big cost but still and like you know books and pens and like paying the teachers but like it's very simple it's really fairly simple business to run and since neither my cousin and I had any background in like business administration or anything like that I think that's the reason why we managed to pull it off is that it was actually quite straightforward and simple and we didn't need there was no nothing too complex about it I don't want to like diminish what we did because I'm proud of it <laughs> but It was actually not as difficult as one might think, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But you told me that you did, never thought that you wanted to be like your own boss. Are you really, really happy of being an employee? But do you think now in hindsight that the idea that it would be super hard was like hindering you or like stopping you from starting something? I just had fully never considered it. Like it had never even crossed my mind as like a career option. Sorry, using that word that you hate, but like never in my life had I thought, yeah, I'm gonna start my own business. Like you know, it just because I I think that's actually maybe a wrong approach. I don't think you should set out wanting to start a business. You should set set out with a good idea for a business. And you're like, oh, maybe I can do this myself, you know? Rather than, a lot of people are like, yeah, I would love to start my own company, but I don't know what to do. For me, that's like backwards way to think about it, if that makes sense. So like, yeah, I just had never really thought about it. And then when the opportunity came along, I was like, okay, I guess maybe I can pull it off. Let's find out, <laughs> you know? But what do you think, like, because to be honest, like, you must have slight, like, self-confidence, like, to be able to pull it off, like, oh, and of course it helps, like, you are two people, that you yes. support each other, and then it's Very also a family, but do you think that you're a self-confident person? Now, yes, when I was younger, I, I would never have, de have described myself as such, but, no, yes, I think I can, definitely, I did always have confidence in my work abilities, like, You know, I was pretty good at school, and as soon as I started working, as I started working, I'm a pretty like a perfectionist. Like, I really like the feeling of a job well done. So I really get a lot of satisfaction from that in like a nerdy way. So I always had trust in those abilities, like from a young age, I guess. So yeah, I never, I, I don't have like, you know, I have a lot of female friends who have like, you know, this imposter syndrome where they're like. I'm shit, I can do this, like I don't even, I don't know why 
this success is happening to me, I don't feel like I deserve it. I never felt that way, thankfully. But I know so many people, so many women feel that way. And I hate that. I always try to correct or like to tell them that it's not a real feeling. It's like, or it's a real feeling, but it's not, it's not true what, they're, what they think about themselves, you know? Is that something that you really say, like, that's your advice? I mean, like, it, it sounds like a very skeptical yeah. question, but <laughs> it's actually that, because it's like, it's hard, I feel, when you have these conversations with your friends or your peers, and you never know what is the right thing to say to reinforce people. Are you supposed to say, like, no, it is not so, or are you supposed to listen to them and then make yeah, them okay. say their story, you know? You're, you're right, that sounds harsh. Like, of course, every feeling that everyone feels is valid because they are feeling it. It's just... What's happening? And I obviously, if they're my friends, I want to be supportive and da da da. But like, and I wouldn't just tell anyone like, yeah, you can do it. Like that's really American. Like, you know, like whatever you set up, you set your mind to, you can do. The and world like, is yeah, your oyster. The world is your oyster. You can choose any career path you want. Like that's bullshit. Not everyone can do anything. Okay, but like people I know personally, and I know they're amazing at what they do, and if they express a lack of self-confidence where when I know that they shouldn't be feeling that way I will call them out on it are you crazy look back on what you've accomplished and be proud of it you know it's so important but do you think it's like of course it's important to like support your friends but is it important to you to support like your female peers totally and my cousin and I always yeah we're really proud of being you know women entrepreneurs business owners and it's still such a rare thing weirdly and I probably shouldn't say that but like it does affect our our hiring practices where actually all of our teachers are like women and gay men <laughs> and it's not like that was not part of the plan originally but like it, whenever we've tried to work with straight men it's been difficult for them to accept our authority like straight this one time I remember we interviewed this guy he was really friendly from Marseille da 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 so Marseille is in the south of France so it's pretty Mediterranean there's a bit more of a like, macho culture I guess but like we, we kind of like felt that that might have that he was thinking it or something like that or like that it could be an issue so we literally straight up asked him so you know, it means if you're working for us, that we women would be your bosses. Like, are you okay with that? We like super plainly asked him, and he literally was like, "Oh, like, I guess I hadn't thought about it. Like, I guess maybe not." What? <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, <laughs> the guy flat out said that. We're like, okay, I guess problem solved. Well, I guess you have to commend him for being honest. Yeah, 100%. At least he didn't make us waste our time. He, he considered the issue and was like, no, I guess I can do it. And we're like, okay, so you've answered your own question. Here's the exit, you know? But like, how how insane is that? Very like, insane. Like, I'm not even making it. This is 100% what happened. Like, we don't discriminate against, you know, straight white men. <laughs> but it just... I do find them harder to work with. I do. Yeah. Basically, you started from Brooklyn for like in a smaller like space, mm -hmm. and now you have in like a bigger space in Manhattan. And you're talking about LA potentially. Yes. Exactly. Um, LA is open. Oh, it's open. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So that's happening. Do you? 
Are you planning long term? Like for the school, or do you actually plan in terms of work? Like not, I don't even dare to like touch on the the life part. Oh <laughs> Please don't. Um, in terms of work, yeah, my cousin and I talk about it all the time. Like how we see the future of the company. Like, yeah, definitely opening in more cities if the opportunity presents itself would be great. Because now we really have a strong model in place that is easily replicable, you know, in other cities. It would never be as big of an operation as in New York, for sure. I think it's one of the most demand definitely in the US, but it could still work nicely. And LA is definitely picking up now, and we're really excited about that. So, yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know. Everything is possible at this stage. Like, we even thought of doing a school in Paris for like all the like expats that move there and need to learn French. There's a lot. I think there really would be a strong demand there too, and like, yeah, even we we start with franchising also. Like, a, we have a school in Minneapolis now that is not our own school. It's this French lady who contacted us, and she was like, "Oh, what you guys do sounds amazing." Da da da. And like, I would like to do something similar, but I don't have my own method. So she's franchising or she's licensing our method and our name and website and everything. So. We would be open to doing more of that in other places where we don't think we would ever open our own school, you know. So yeah, everything's possible. But like, yeah. Neither one of you had any kind of background in in running a business, or no. and your cousin also no like background in education. No, but she has been teaching French for like over 10 years now. Okay. So, yeah. And this method that you talk about, it comes from her. I mean, like it is. We we uh, yes a little bit, but we did. Um, we actually, when we first started the school, we didn't have it, and then we wrote it progressively through teaching. So we knew, like from trial and error, what worked, what didn't. So it was really that was a long thing. Like it took us maybe the first three years to to you know write out the whole curriculum. So that was like a, a big part of the first few years of the school was like establishing that, and now we have that. So that's why now we have a strong thing that is easily, you know, exportable to other places. If that makes sense. Yeah. But like, yeah. No, people ask us as if we if we have a degree in teaching or anything like that. We don't. Everyone that I've talked to who does have a degree in like French as a foreign language says it's bullshit. <laughs> they basically like I don't know. It's more like theories of education and stuff. But like. I don't know. Really, I think the best way to learn that is through doing it, you know. So now I've been doing it for six years, so I, I think I'm good at it. <laughs> But yeah, it was definitely a process. Yeah. Now that you're explaining the story to me, it's, it still blows my mind of the <laughs> the idea that like the the go like the go-to attitude. I would say that I have no experience. So I'm just gonna do it. It sounds like a good idea. Let's go for it, and then come here and make it work in like one of the hardest cities in the world. Like, do you regularly pat yourself in the back and be like, "Well done, good job"? Yes, I mean we try not to do it too much because we want to stay humble. <laughs> no, we do. But you know what? I will. I will say, contrary to popular belief, that I think actually New York is one of the easiest. Cities. I mean, definitely for the, our specific product, New York makes so much sense. And first of all, creating a business in the U.S. in terms of like paperwork and administrative stuff is way easier in the U.S. than in Europe, I think. And also in New York, like there's such a strong demand. There's so many French people who 
date Americans and those Americans need to learn French and there's so many people, our, our student base is a lot of people who work in fashion and art and like the food and wine industry and like those are like all massive industries in New York and those people have a strong professional interest in learning French like and it's just such a big city I think whatever you're however niche your product is you're gonna find an audience for it you just have to be good at what you do because people here have strong standards or like high standards but if you if you have a good idea for a product and it's good you're gonna find your audience for it and I think it's actually a good place to do it even though everything is expensive that means what you sell can be expensive because just money circulates more than in other places like Berlin for instance people make more they spend more so it's just like starting a business in a way is like easier it's maybe riskier but it's also somewhat easier I get the the reasoning why your product sells here and why it makes sense but once again do you give yourself the credit <laughs> even it's harder or like easier or whatever but like you still actually made something happen without having like any kind of uh, background or knowledge in that yeah I mean I guess I'm you know we're, we're proud of ourselves especially because we started it when we were really young like I was 26 my cousin was 27 like it was hard to convince people that we were like we look we also look I think younger than our age so like even just like renting a space with obviously a high New York rent people are like who the fuck are you? you're like two young foreign girls like no one like you know it didn't seem like a sure bet to trust us with those kind of things but like I don't know we managed to make it work somehow I don't know yeah we do we do give ourselves credit we're like we're surprised every day at and amazed every day at like how many people want to learn French in this city and like how many people you know appreciate what we do and like it's, it's a great feeling it's amazing as you said like there's so many people that want to learn like learn French in the city also want to learn French with you as the school is doing so well do you think that you're successful I mean I don't talk about the school in itself but you what you oh are God. and where you are now <laughs> It's just so hard to like self-compliment. I know you're trying to get it out of me. I can see what you're doing. Yes, I, I guess I do consider myself successful professionally. Yes. I have no shame in saying that. <laughs> but it, yes, as women, it's, it's something that is hard to admit because we're not, we're not socially or culturally encouraged to do that. No, no, and also because it's like it, it, it really depends on how you view it. Right. Yes. Because it, it, it really, it's such a personal thing, and and of course, like you, your career trajectory of what you're doing now is can be deemed a very general success. I mean, like a very um, how you would generally view the term success. Okay. You mean that you are a business owner, the business is doing well, and you can live in a city that's expensive. This is pretty much right. in a like tick 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 all the boxes. I know what you mean. Yeah, and is that like something that those things matter to you in terms of success, or is it other factors in life that play a part in it? It's definitely uh, it makes it easier to explain to people. You know, so many times when you, I remember when I worked in the music industry, like even my relatives or whatever, people are like, "But like, what do you really do? Like, are you a musician?" Like, you know, people did for some reason, even though I don't think it's actually that complicated, but like. And I think most people have trouble actually explaining what they do. 
most people, like think about it, most of the people you know, most of your friends, you may know what company they work for, but can you actually say what they do? Hell no. No, right? Hell no. So I, I like that it's fairly simple to explain what I do. It really makes, you know, chit chat easier. <laughs> No, I think it's also the reason why most of us don't know what our friends do is yeah. because nobody actually knows what they're yes, doing they, itself, they you know. Do. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. So yeah, I like well there's always things people don't get, like they always think it's a school for kids when it's not just for adults. It's still gonna be something you're gonna need to clarify, but definitely I know I understand very well what I do and I think I I can explain it pretty well. If that makes sense. And do you think that what you do now, is, is that your career or is it just your job? That word career again. <laughs> um, I guess it's my career just because I don't think I could go back to doing anything else or to being against someone's employee after having been my own for a long time. And like, But who knows? We all, My cousin and I also are aware of how maybe planning and maybe, you know, a business. We see in New York there's so much turnover with businesses like a restaurant is like super hot for a year and then it closes the year after that because everyone moved on to something else like we're hoping to be a bit more durable than that but we also know that part of the success that's something that is difficult for me to think about just because it's hard to project myself that far into the future but like we know a big part of the success of, of the company is that we're like young we have this image of being like whatever the cool school you know are we still gonna be able to have that image when we're 45 50 you know like how is how is that gonna have to evolve we haven't figured that out yet but who knows you know and when we're talking about the future do you do you see yourself doing something else I know that you said that it's hard for you to go to back to being an employee but if you think about being your own boss like do you think the options are limited or unlimited I mean if the company still manages to do well my ultimate dream is to like be able to delegate a lot of the things that are happening at the actual school and to be able to work from wherever I want and kind of like manage things from afar like or if I want to go and be at the LA location for like six months or whatever then I can do that you know so like be a little less tethered to a physical office and be able to like that's the dream and that's you do that you move around a lot but like be able to if I want to go traveling while still keeping an eye on what's happening like I can do that you know it's not a really good light note to end up in but um, do you care what people think I mean when you explain for example not to me but you must meet so many people here all the time and then yeah. people ask you what to, what you do because it's a natural question yeah. much before what's your name where like where you come from it's always like so what do you do here do you care what people or like what their perceptions are yes and no um, I mean I definitely enjoy it when they're being appreciative or when they, they seem interested and they ask questions etc but like it's funny I was recently with my best friend and like I can't even remember the exact situation or who we met but like we met this guy or whatever and obviously he's telling each other what we do and stuff and like afterwards my friend was like oh, I was so nice didn't you feel weird that when you said what you were doing you didn't you didn't seem that impressed or ask any questions I was like 
I didn't even notice. It didn't even cross my mind. It's funny that you got offended by it and I didn't. Like, it's sweet, but like, I really could not care less. Like, if he's into it, amazing. I'm happy to answer his questions and talk about it. If he's not, or he doesn't get it, or he doesn't care, that's his, whatever. That's his problem, you know? <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but do you think like okay? Now we're going like a very deep now. Okay. No, no. But like I mean, uh, like in in reference for the the one that you don't care. Um, how big a how big of a role does work play in your life? So that's a good question because for me, I guess it's because I'm French. It's a cultural thing. I always feel like it's very important to have a good work-life balance like work is work it shouldn't um, in, you know bleed into your like personal life too much it's so important to have some free time where you can like have a clear mind and not think about work but because it's my own company it's difficult to fully let go but also because it's my own company I don't feel guilty not obsessing but like always be thinking be thinking about work all the time because it's almost like it's not work because it's, it's my life it's my baby you know so I'm of two minds like I think it's really important to not that work is is not your whole life but my particular work is a little bit my whole life and I'm okay with it in terms of like the challenges that are going to come are you enthusiastic you're not scared right I mean I'm scared about the future in general in terms of like obviously climate change and all that stuff. Like I think the world is going to shit. But I think in terms of my life or the company, I'm pretty optimistic. And maybe it's weird to disassociate these two things, but like, yeah, if that makes sense. No, no, it completely does. And actually, weirdly not, because everything like you said yeah. it's going to shit so yeah. let's just go for the crazy yeah. answer <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit like that I'm a little fatalistic like it's like it's all going to shit anyway so you might as well enjoy yourself you know like <laughs> YOLO or whatever like. perfect okay I'm not going to ask anything anymore because I want this to be like the like the last <laughs> YOLO to be my last one that's so 100% <laughs> amazing thank you so much <laughs> love it thank you